What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Hanging out here at 104.5 and 106.1, the sister stations. Streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. We're hanging out here on this coronavirus quarantine pandemic week on this Thursday afternoon. It is I, Corey DLG, and with me as usual via Anchor, little brother Nico. That is also I. Yeah, we're just hanging out doing the nerd thug thing. Uh, how you been, buddy? I've been all right, having to get my life together again now that school has, fake school has started again. Yeah, you were explaining this to me, and honestly, this isn't school. This is this is watching videos. Yeah, and like I already hate online classes as it is. Yeah, it, listen, an online class where there's no due dates and they're just like by the end of the semester turn everything in. I'm down with that. Because that is literally saying it's your responsibility to learn. That's what an online class is. But this weird online class where they're like, hey, every every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. watch a video or watch my live stream. That's just like forced podcast audience. That That's not the same thing. Yeah. Because it's not even like, like we can we can ask questions, but like there's like 12 people in the class and we're all like, all right. Just get it over with. Right. Like, we don't want to be there for any longer than we have to. I bet there are zero questions. Oh, uh, yeah. My favorite thing is, 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 like, there'll be, like, one person will be like, hey, what's a, what's a this? And then they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then we're like, all right, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. And like, yeah. And like, that's the worst. I honestly... Kudos to you because I would have contacted the school and been like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I didn't sign up for this. You're just going to have to go ahead and finish my semester now. Right. Like a part of me really just wants to like, just give me some whack assignments and then let me be done. Yeah, I kind of feel you on that. Like that makes more sense to me than making me watch live stream lectures. Like no, no dice, no dice at all. That's terrible. Um, so in the long story history of my prognostications being completely accurate, mm-hmm. um, just last week on this very show, we discussed the XFL closing up shop. Yeah. And if you remember, I said then that I suspect Vince McMahon is cash poor. Do you know what's happened in the last week? No. The WWE has announced numerous layoffs. Oh, no. And on top of that, they... Okay, I'm going to use the word bribed here because I don't see how it's not a bribe. I don't mean to legally (laughs) imply that the WWE has committed a crime, though. What I am saying is, from the outside looking in, this very obviously seems to be a bribe. Uh, they bribed the governor of Florida to be deemed a, an essential business. Ah, I see. The WWE, pillar of essential work. Wrestling is now deemed in a, an essential business in the state of Florida. Like, literally, he was up there doing uh, as essential business. WWE essential business. 
Like he's minding his own business. He's he's doing this whole like governor thing. He's like, oh, and by the way, WWE is a central business. And it comes after over the weekend, WWE pledged eighteen million dollars to super pot super packs in Florida. Weird. Interesting. So the timing is like brutally obvious. This is like a direct quid pro quo. <laughs> yes, that certainly feels it. Also, to wrap up a week of absolute criminality, Vince McMahon was then named to be like a liaison or like the leader of the Donald Trump uh, team to transition America back to work. So he will get in zero trouble for all of this. Right. Starting with wrestling and then moving to other anything else. Yeah. None of the bribes are going to matter because he's, he literally is at the White House right now working on stuff. Yeah, getting everyone back together, you know, starting with wrestling. He's like, here's how you get people back to work. You bribe the governor. I mean, you make a donation to a super PAC. And I then, mean. <laughs> and then that person's business is deemed essential. So everyone needs to just pull $18 million together for their individual industries. And then you're in. Right. Easy. In Simple every as. Every single state. <laughs> Look, if that's, if that's all it takes. Yeah. Why haven't we done it sooner? Honestly, this is one of those. Okay, we'll, we'll start with the WWE laying people off. Um, we saw, I saw it coming. Um, there's just, at the end of the day, you're not touring. You don't have road shows. You've got a bunch yeah. of extra people on the staff. Way too much like, yeah. losses. Yeah, just overhead. Because the WWE basically has, I'm going to call them bands here. And what I mean by that is just like full production teams, sound guys, ring builders, ring announcers, uh, organizers, the like the whole team of people who get us a Raw or SmackDown ready week in and week out on the road city to city on a tour. Mm-hmm. So you've got two full bands going year round. Well, now you don't. Now that now that now everyone is in Florida just waiting for something to happen. So right. producers, uh, managers, all kinds of like behind the scenes people were laid off as well as tons of talent as well. Um various you know, WWE ten ninety nine. Yeah, they're 1099, so it's not really a layoff for them so much as they were just told that, like, hey, listen, uh, you're done, son. You're Uh, done. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, we have. We have been there. Um, And so, yeah, like I told you, there's just, it's a cash flow thing. If If every week you have two different shows in two different cities selling, I mean, somewhore between 40 and 80,000 tickets a week each show, Plus T-shirts, plus you know vending, plus all the other cash stuff that happens at those events, the meet and greets and whatever else happens behind the scenes. You, you're talking about yeah, tons of money. Just tons of money. I mean, just fifty thousand people at thirty bucks a pop is you know uh, one and a half million dollars. Yeah, and you do you do one every week. Or two every week. Yeah, you're doing two weeks, so that's three million bucks in cash. You're out. Outside of everything else. Yeah, forget t-shirts, forget everything else. The TV deals are going on, but I don't know what kind of revenue that's generating. 
that might be the only thing that's that's like static is the TV money. But right. those payments are probably quarterly, uh, and there's probably performance things tied into it. Um, and even if there's not, I'm sure the TV stations are going, "Hey, man, we might we might be canceling this contract at our opt out." You know what I mean? Like you you've been filming at the performance center for the last two months. Yeah, you know, it's not exciting when, you know, the huge major part of wrestling is the fans and nobody's there. Not a soul in the stands. At least all elite wrestling puts their other wrestlers in the stands. It's just weird. Right, right. It's just weird. (laughs) So, we're going to circle back now to the idea of just bribing your way into it. So, the WWE is just bleeding money. They're struggling. The XFL was just canceled. Like, literally Vince McMahon is trying to figure out what he can do to get this going again. And so, he bribes his way into an essential business. Yeah, he can't have a complete shutdown. That would be ridiculous. And literally, he's being just crucified for it. The Florida governor is, is getting just destroyed, demolished online for for essentially Wait. taking a bribe. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. You know you know, outside of the fact that yeah, clearly it's a direct bribe, we're also in such trying and hard times, you know, people are dying across the country into a pandemic and we're gonna donate eighteen million dollars to a super PAC so we can get an essential business for our wrestling. Right, right. Like, not a good look. Not a good yeah, look. Not a good look. Like even if you were like, Oh, I donated seventeen million dollars and then a million dollars to like medical research or like to a hospital or something. Right. Like save some face. Like try anything. <laughs> yeah, do something there. Like don't just Yeah, I don't It's not a good look. And overall the worst part about all of it to me. The harder part about all of it is is just sort of the man. I really think you got it there. You kind of encapsulated the tone deafness of it, right? Like, here's eighteen million dollars that we don't need as a struggling company, but we're going to give it to a super PAC for politics in November. Right. Like, if you really have eighteen million dollars, you don't need right now. There's probably a lot more people who need it. Even wrestlers, you know what I mean? Yeah, the people you laid off would have really liked that money. Well, and let's flip it to the other side. In Japan, where wrestling is also huge, here's what they did. New Japan uh, led the charge with all the other organizations. They all went as a unified front to the government of Japan, and they asked to be protected from the pandemic, and they asked for... Uh, like furloughed pay leave type thing. Sort of like the 1099 stuff that, that we're doing here in the States. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically the guy who wrote the article points out that New Japan is cash flush. They just signed a new TV deal, blah, blah, blah. So while this does help them a little bit, really what New Japan just did was went in and asked the government to save all the little wrestling organizations. Yeah, so they could not belly up in this trying time. Right. Because there's like the in the picture there's like twelve of them all in suits and masks going up there, and uh, face masks, not like luchador masks. 
Um, Twenty though. <laughs> it would gotta be. It would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, and and that's the idea is that New Japan was like they created like a unified Japanese front for the wrestling, so that everyone was protected, and that's sort of what. I mean, that's what leadership looks like, honestly. But meanwhile, yeah. over here, the WWE is bribing their way to safety. Yeah, here, here it just looks infinitely worse. What like, is you it? Couldn't go, like, you couldn't go halvesies. You couldn't go, like, here's $9 million. Like, why was it, like, why was it 18? 18 is so freaking much, man. 18 is, a, is, a, is an insane amount of money. Like, 18? Really? Like, you needed that much? Apparently, the governorship in Florida is very expensive. Uh, I guess so. Or they're expecting a... More than likely what it is, is they're expecting a hard legal... Like, hard, expensive campaign slash legal battle this election. Which is, like, not where you want to be when people are dying. Right. When your focus is like, well, we definitely can't lose this state. What? What? Like, right now, that's what you're thinking about? Like, people are dying. Maybe not in the streets, but, like, people are dying. Pretty close. The other day, I saw a nice uplifting story before we get out of here. Uh, There was a a homeless guy, and apparently the manager of a three-star hotel went ahead and just gave him a room because they're just sitting empty right now. Oh, that's nice. I mean, yeah, considering no one's... Who's going to go to a hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people are like, you know what I need to be doing right now? Traveling. That's what I need to be doing. I don't know. Some people do be like that, though. Listen. Uh, you know me. I love a good hotel room. I mean, yeah. This is true. And you can get flights for like $20. So really what we're saying is I should be traveling. Is what exactly. We're yeah. No, totally. This is really my fault. Like, like I'm right. Not yeah. Look, we can record over the internet now. It doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> That's it. You convinced me. Take. I'm touring the world. <laughs> Jumping on a flying carpet, and I'm gonna go see the world. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Sure. <laughs> I mean, right now is your cheapest time to get a flying carpet. It's only like fifty bucks. Frank, frankly, like flying carpets are like, whoa, hey man, like we don't want to get out there either. There's a lot of bleach going around. It's not a safe time to be a carpet. <laughs> People are scared. No one really wants to do anything. <laughs> All right. All right, we're gonna jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more nerd thug sports coming your way. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys, and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash, uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. 
just reach out. And if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so. Uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks and be safe, guys. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health prices straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so take out uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe. And stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Hey everybody, Nico DLG from Nerd Thug Radio. Just wanted to show off a couple of the interviews we've done in the past, some interesting stuff we have here. Uh, and I wanted to shout out, before we get into anything else, our sponsor, Adventure Begins. Now their web store is now open, so if you want to support our fantastic, wonderful sponsor. Pick up your comics or your games from the Adventure Begins online web store. You know, it's all it's all difficult in these times. You know, we have this pandemic going on. But you can still get your nerd on, get your stuff from Adventure Begins. They're a fantastic store. Unfortunately, they're closed currently, but their web store is open. Check their Facebook page for updates, and things will be updated as they go. We have ball control, and with me as always is little brother Nico, and we're here at RNA Sports hanging out with Rudy T like we've been bragging all month. So right here, uh, Mr. Tom Donovich, thank you for coming today. Did they just call you coach? Was I super formal there? Did I blow it? No, that was good. I, I answered to just about anything, you know, <laughs> and it's good to be back in Texas and to be back in this area. I actually uh, had a lake house up here on Lake Conroe, and it brought back great memories just driving down 105. Nice. Um, so where do you stay now that I'm not, I didn't realize you didn't live in the Houston area? No, I I had been out in California for 15 years okay. and okay. worked for the Lakers uh, in that time and uh, decided uh, I'm reaching another plateau in my life. Uh, it's, it starts with a seven and a zero. And I thought... Uh, <laughs> I should uh, start this chapter back here, you know, bring it back here. I've got grandchildren. Uh, my son has uh, just had a baby a, a half a year ago. Uh, he's actually Rudolph Price Tomjanovich fourth. Oh, nice. And my son's is named Trey, so his nickname might be Quattro. Uh, I, I have a buddy I also call Quattro yeah. for the same reason. And then I have a couple uh, grandsons in... Uh, Houston out in Katy, uh, that's Ford and Cooper, and then uh, hopefully my daughter, who's living in L.A., will follow me and come back here, and she has a daughter named Marty. So uh, being a grandpa is not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, my sister's made some babies, and now my mom's super granny, and she's buying all kinds of... She was 
she was never going to be the grandma, and now she's like, they can call me Meemaw. And you're yeah. like, whoa, what's up? Yeah, they're, they're still looking for uh, a name for me, so we'll find out. There you go. <laughs> Papaw T. I'm going to throw yeah. it in the ring. That's my yeah. that's my moniker there. All right, so obviously you, you came back to the place where you got to be considered royalty, right? Two championships back-to-back. Um, what's, like, the best memory from that little – that run specifically? Well, the – you know, the first championship – just being a Houstonian, it was so big to get because I came in, and, you know, and, and went through the Astros uh, with Nolan Ryan, and then of course the football with with uh, Earl Campbell and Pastorini and Kenny Burles and all those guys, and people came close but never getting it done, and then to be a part of the that team that did it was just so special. And then the the next year, when uh, we had some hardships, but we didn't fall apart, and we went from the sixth spot, which I don't know if anybody will ever do that again. All, all the way, yeah. You know, that's a that's a pretty. And now it's even harder with the teams like Golden State and, yes. and Toronto this year. I don't yeah. think one seeds are too good now. I don't think. It, who was the one seed that was that? Uh, I can't even remember who was at that at that time, but they were all good. I know no one has had to go through uh, teams that had won more games than we had played that year. And San Antonio, a team who owned us during the regular season, we got them, we beat them in six games, which was a heck of a uh, yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. And, you know, just just having an opportunity to, to have those kind of players on uh, – a team and, and get it done. It's so, you know, uh, I always have a saying, it's it's hard to win one game. When you have to win a game, it's really hard to win one game. And uh, to have gone through all those do or die games, I think we had nine elimination two, games, right? Elimination yeah. games in two years. And to win them all uh, just says a lot about the character of those guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And that team really tried to stay together for a long time as well. Those guys seemed really kind of close. Um, when we were we were talking to Haywood Jeffries recently, he, he was with the Oilers, and he mentioned how that locker room was, like, super unique. And you're kind of known as a player's coach yourself. What Was that kind of the case with y'all's locker room as well? Well, you know, of course, whenever you're together with guys and you go through hardship, it bonds you. And that's the kind of stuff you just you go through it once, and you just feel this together. Hey, we did that together. We did it so many times, you know. So you can imagine. And uh, what's so cool about sports? But I think basketball, as much as any other sport, it brings people from all different backgrounds, nationalities, colors. Uh, you know. Uh, Probably religions, the, just the Spurs teams, you know, always seem to be yeah. super international. Argentina, and Spain, and absolutely. French and, you know, we had the amigo, we had an African, uh, you know, and it's just amazing how it works, and it's really like that all around the world. I did scouting and looking at the international teams. You know, they'd have the the. Uh, the majority of their team would be players from that country, but they might have a couple Americans and a couple other right, foreign yeah. players. And it, I just think sports is a wonderful way of getting people together. I definitely agree that basketball is kind of the international 
because soccer hasn't really taken here. Uh, we grew up soccer. We're De La Guardia's, obviously, so soccer was our... My dad was obsessed with soccer, so we know that that's kind of the... But internationally, that's, that's huge, and then here it doesn't take, but basketball kind of yeah. is number two in a lot of those places. Speaking internationally, you have a, just since right, you have a gold medal also? Yes. So you yeah. just back-to-back champion, gold medal. Is there any... I mean... I know. Yep. I mean, what else? Did you win like high school student of the year too. Kinda... Uh, that was close. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, what people have to understand about the Olympics is it's a such an honor to be selected when you think your whole country uh, and you're the guys who are picked to go and and uh, represent it, and then the pressure is so amazing. You just cannot, you just cannot believe it, you know. And so when I was coaching in 2000, the NBA players in the Olympics had not lost a game. Uh, And we're playing against Lithuania, and they have a one-point lead with a minute to go, and we foul a three-point shooter who's a great three-point shooter. And uh, <clears throat> as he's at the line, my life is passing before my <laughs> my brain, and I'm thinking that at my eulogy, at my... <laughs> They'll go silver medal with yeah, the loss of the and <laughs> People coming up to talk, well, he was a good friend, wonderful father, uh, you know, uh, but the dummy lost, <laughs> and uh, and we wound up winning that game. And I'm so proud to say that our guys dove on the floor. The guy who had fouled the three-point shooter was Antonio McDice, and he got the the basket that put us ahead. And I mean, it was so physical. I think there were four guys on the floor, and he winds up putting it in. Is, is McDice the he, with the Pistons? He wound up winning the championship. Is that that same Antonio McDice? Uh, I don't I don't know if they won the championship with him, but I mean, he's the Antonio McDice. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Who was on that? It was a 2000 team, right? 2000 in, in uh, Sydney. Okay. Okay. That's a, that was a yeah. And, you know, then the next year. They lost a lot of games, and, and you weren't there. We don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we won't we won't put that one on you. Yeah. Uh, so you also co- you also like your first was it about twenty three years with the Rockets between playing and scouting. Oh, uh, thirty three. Thirty three. Short of you a decade. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get to seventy, you don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. That uh, the one thing you can say about s- sports is that you're not going to settle in one place. And most people don't, but I had that opportunity to stay with one team all that time. And then the coach, the team afterwards, it's just, it's just amazing. It was a comment he made, actually. We took someone who played all their football in Texas, and he was like, that's got to be really impressive. And you were with one city for almost your entire career. How many yep. years did you coach the Lakers? Uh, just a half a year. I, went, I, had, I left the job here because I got cancer, okay. and... Uh, and, you know, went into treatment and had to go through two cycles of that, which is no fun. Uh, and I, they pronounced me uh, clear. And uh, I was out scouting, and the Lakers approached me, 
and that sounded really good, but I, I should have probably waited and got acclimated, you know, but I th threw myself right back in there, and when I was in it, we were doing pretty good. We had a winning record, but I started feeling all the stress and thinking that maybe I made a mistake, and uh, I went to the owner and said, uh, you know, uh, it's probably not the right thing for me, and they were great about it, uh, and uh, they kept me on for 14 years working, you know, behind the scenes. And, I didn't realize that. And, uh, yeah, it was quietly kept, and uh, I got to help them with uh, reports. And So you, you're the guy who told them LeBron James was probably a good sign? Uh, they wouldn't listen to me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what was great about it, my son and I, got to work together for 14 years. That's awesome. And he's a computer guy, and I had always wanted to know the true numbers, you know, the analytics on uh, some basketball plays and all that, and we did it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And the, the crazy thing is we didn't even have to be in the same city, yeah. you know, because we had the computer and, and all that. But uh, it was really interesting because... You know, a lot of people would say I was just a gut feeling guy, and I, I I went with my gut most of the time, and that is true. But I always wanted to know: uh, is this the percentage thing to is do? Is the smarter play exactly? Is there, is there a smarter play? Yeah. Well, that's always a good coach, right? You want to, you, you don't want to just hear one voice. You want to train. Yeah, you want to use use all the the nuggets you can put in the. In the basket, you know. Yeah. And speaking of nuggets, we're going to get some nuggets in our basket here when we get out to a break. When we come back, we got more ball control. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going they're building a website they, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together even maybe some some internet-based things that they're working on uh but they're they want to stay connected with the community they want to stay connected with you guys and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times so reach out to facebook.com backslash uh i believe it's the adventure begins if not just check the search bar the adventure begins comics games and more we often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks, and be safe, guys. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health prices straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeout uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where, as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest-growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much, and stay safe. And 
Stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Ball Control. This is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. Hey, hey. And uh, right here, this is going to be uh, an interview with Kevin Smith, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. And this is uh, this was at RNA Sports on Black Friday. And big shout out and thank you to RNA Sports for having us there and having those guys there. Uh, so anyway, Kevin Smith at RNA Sports with Ball Control. All right. All right, Conroe, this is Corey DLG with little brother Nico, and we are right here in Conroe hanging out with our sponsors, RNA Sports. And we got some special guests here today, so you're going to be hearing right now from Kevin Smith of the Dallas Cowboys and Texas A&M history. Uh, a legend, right? Well, I don't I'm, know about that. I mean, yeah. I'm allowed to say that, right? Yeah, yeah. well, you can say that. Okay, yeah. all right, I'll say it then. Yeah. I mean, because, all right, so I'll be honest. There's a few I, plaques I had, on the wall. There should yeah. be. There should be right. more than a few. I had That's to right. do some research here because <laughs> I didn't – I wasn't a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up. Mm-hmm. So Rich's like, man, I got a Dallas Cowboy coming. I was like, wow. Right. I mean, but then I look, your rookie year, you win the Super Bowl. Right. So basically you're done, right? Well. Do you have to that, talk that, yourself that, out of retiring it, after the rookie it, it year? Was so or easy. It was so easy. <laughs> I, I actually came in with Darren Woodson. Uh, we were in the same draft. Uh, Jimmy Smith played for Jacksonville later on in his career. I remember Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, we were in the same draft. And so the first two years, we win the Super Bowl. We actually go to the third year. We go to one or two plays away from actually going to the third Super Bowl. You know, Dion grabs Mike, and you know that's still debatable, <laughs> arguable call. But uh, but he came over and he made it up to you guys, right? Well, he did next year. <laughs> yeah, we, and Jerry made made sure that, but we paid him pretty well. But that's right. You know, we just thought it was just you know we were supposed to go to the Super Bowl every year, and uh, we didn't realize how how hard it was and how tough. You know, we were like the tail end of that Herschel Walker trade. So right. The Herschel Walker trade is what really changed the Dallas Cowboys. I was, I, that was going to be my next question. Were well, you one of the Herschel Walker draft picks well, or no? Actually, I was. You know, that 90 uh, – actually, the 93 class with Kevin Williams and uh, – uh, uh, my mind went blank, but uh, Smith, uh, linebacker that we brought in from mm-hmm, Miami, mm-hmm. Uh, Darren Smith. We there brought, you go. Th- those two guys were the last two guys of that trade. But, it, you know, the trade – Alvin Harper was in that trade, mm-hmm. Russell Maryland. And, you know, and Emmett, right? And, and Emmett was the first part of that trade. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Larry Brown was in that trade. Of course, Darren Woodson, we mentioned him. God, you just want to brag? Like, every well, time you just talk about, like, well, you guys we had so ran, much. Yeah. We had first round. We had two first, two second, two third, two fourth. I mean, so you, what Jimmy was doing, he was picking a guy he wanted. Then he could take <laughs> – see, Darren Woodson really was a, a tweener guy. A lot of people don't know that. He wasn't a safety in college, and he wasn't a linebacker. He was kind of caught in between. So, the Cowboys picked Jimmy Smith because we, they wanted to get a receiver – you know, in the slot, right, know, and, and 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 replace um, uh, Kelvin Martin, and we got Jimmy Smith. Well, the pick after that, who they picked? They picked the guy that they could take a gamble on, which because was, because they, they had, had the excess pick. picks. They had extra that, picks. It that's was a Dan, really good way to you put got that. Darren Woodson. So here now, you you know, you got a Pro Bowl guy with a guy with a pick that you know you didn't really know what he was until you really you got him in training. That's called playing with house money. Nico. You play with that's house what that's money. called. That's, that's that. what that's what it was, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's really incredible because you're right. I didn't realize. And that's a really good way to frame that. So mm-hmm. when you get this riches of picks out of the trade, you can then go, okay, well, I'm picking twice in the first round. Right. So let me get the guy I know well, I need. They drafted me. Then they came back and got a linebacker in Robert Jones. That was two in the first. Second round was Jimmy Smith and Darren Woodson. Then we went third round. We got a big lineman named James Brown. Guess what? He didn't make it with the Cowboys, but he played 12 years in the league. Did he really? Yeah. I mean, we got a guy named Ron Stone out of the, that, that draft as well. So we, a lot of guys that never really played for the Cowboys – but they were quality players because they were drafted so high. That's so interesting. Like, but you guys had so many good players at that point, 
I can almost conceivably see where you're saying, like, oh, well, this guy can't crack it. Right. He's gone. Well, well we, we only keep 53 guys. Yeah. So, but but from, from the first guy to the bottom of the roster, that's how good we were. Y'all, know, y'all were stacked. were pretty good, yeah. That, that reminds me of that, uh, that Pittsburgh era in the 80s. Yeah. And then how many of those guys wind up in the Hall of Fame yeah. and Circles of Honor yeah, and all that stuff? Yeah, a lot yeah. of them, yeah. Um, okay, so then do you, do, you, do you call Rob when he does bad on TV? No, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, not at all. I mean, they, they, these, uh, you know, those guys, they work on it hard. I tell they you do. What's interesting uh, is Darren, uh, even Michael, I mean, they'll call from time to time when they're trying to create some ideas and some thoughts. And uh, Darren just called me a couple weeks ago, and he's like, hey, man, I got to compare – you know Zeke and uh, and uh, Amari Cooper and Dak to the, the Cowboys of the, the triplets. 90s, the yeah. triplets. He said, yeah. "How? I mean, how can I?" And I said, "Listen, just go back to the '90s music, the music we listen to. Whoop Daddy is. There and it is. Take each one of those songs and apply that to one of the players, and then because that kind of everybody remembers the '90s Cowboys. Remember yes. those songs? Whoop, there it is. The uh, Tootsie Roll, and yeah. then uh, you know, I want to be a cowboy. You know, those were the songs <laughs> that played in our pregame warmup." And I said, just attach. And he said the problem was that when he, when he tried to do it with ESPN, they, they didn't want to pay for the music. They didn't want to pay for the music. He <laughs> said they had to get, get the rights to the music. So he said it was a great idea, but he couldn't use it. So, uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a real good thing you could do production-wise. Well, that's he smart. didn't say they didn't want to pay for it. He said that they had to gain the rights don't, to the music. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm not going to tell on you. They didn't yeah, want to yeah. pay for it. They didn't want to pay for it. I'm not going to tell on you. That's maybe what happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one last kind of like real football question. You were there during a major coaching change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Jerry Jones, then moves on. Oh man, uh, Campo? Am I blanking on the name? Is that right? Uh, Barry Switzer came. Switzer in. and yeah. then Campo. That's no, right. No, no. Actually, it was Switzer. Then it was um, Chan Gailey, Then Campo. I forgot about Chan Gailey yeah, completely. Chan Gailey came in for oh, about three man. years. Yeah. That is. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. So what was that like going to Switzer? Because Switzer was coming from from Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Well, Switzer was, was pretty much retired. You know. So it wasn't a big. I mean, I knew Coach Switzer because he recruited me heavily out of uh, uh, out of Orange, Texas. To uh, to uh, you want to give him a shout out? Go ahead, do yeah, it. Yeah, West Orange Stark wins again. You know, <laughs> we're the most winningest program in the state of Texas. I, believe it or not, I'm tell the listeners. Eighty-two percent. He came in whooping, like just whooping, yeah. and just talking about. It. He said, "Guys, we, we're un, we're unbeatable." And I was like, what "Well, are we they've lost a few games this year, but overall, you know, West Orange is one of the top programs in the in the state. There you go. You know, over the years, yeah, over thirty. Up. 40-year uh, school history, yeah. Really? 1978, yeah. See, I came from Spring High, and we don't win that like that. That's we spring, <laughs> yeah. Spring's pretty we, good. We were all right. We, uh, Karis yeah. had a pretty good run. Okay, uh, yeah. But uh, that was that was about it for us. So the changeover to Switzer. Well, well, he was – I knew Switzer. He, he came in. The coaching staff was still intact. So uh, Campo was there. Joe Abizano, who was a key guy, our special team guy. Uh, the strength coach was there, Mike Warsick. Uh, Butch Davis was still there. I mean, so all the guys that were – that was part of Jimmy's staff. Uh, I think they brought in maybe one or two guys. I mean, I think Hudson Hawk came in, the offensive line coach. But Jimmy, I mean, Barry didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't say he didn't do anything. He didn't. <laughs> when I say he headlines, didn't, headlines, he no, didn't do kidding. anything to, to rock the boat. So right. He just came in, and you know, as a head coach, you got to be that PR guy. And, and Barry's one of the best PR guys. No, in the he world. was smooth. He was yeah. real smooth because so, that was a yeah. that was dicey taking a Super that, Bowl winner mm-hmm. and replacing him so quickly. Right. Now, let me ask you this, because you kind of yeah. mentioned the, the the staff there. Is that really more of a relevant thing for you as a position player? Because your meetings, you don't – I mean, how much does the head coach sit in on a corners meeting? Uh, it, it, the only time – you know, Jimmy would sit in on our special team meetings. You know, he was more involved than most coaches I've been involved with. But, I mean, unless – you know, if you if you were doing everything right and everything was going well, you didn't have He's, to worry about the big dog. That's that's the probably the right room. way to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, so J- Barry didn't – I mean, he, he really allowed the coaches to coach. Chan Gailey was more of an offensive coach, so he spent a lot of time and he kind of didn't really mess with the defense. And sometimes when you have a coach that 
you know, he's focused so much on the offense that he doesn't focus on the whole team concept. And you, you make decisions good and bad based no, on – No, that's fair. Know, I think it's you know, absolutely fair. Yeah, and then Campo was my last year there, and I didn't really get to play under Campo as a head coach. But, of course, Campo was my defensive back coach and coordinator right, right. all those years. And uh, at that time, Troy was done. So they was trying to replace him with uh, Quincy Carter. So it was kind of um, unfair oh to Campo because he didn't have a – you know, he didn't have a solid. Those were some up down years. Yeah, those were some I mean, up down years. But each coach, is, you know, each coach is different. You know, right. and, and and each team is different, and and, and it relies on you know what kind of uh, uh, veteran leadership you have. I mean, if your veteran leadership is old, yeah, you know, then you know, and, and a lot of people don't understand the Cowboys are turning a new leaf uh, from the Romo era and the Dez era. No, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I really and they, do. And they've gotten younger. I I think that's a big that, reason for all the changes they've exactly. gone through is they're going yeah. – And this may not be the year from them. And no, they, I don't they, think they, it is. But two or three years down the line, they got plenty of cap space. They, I think they're going to sign Dak at a friendly team-friendly deal. I, I think so. I was yeah. I was making the joke, and it might be a little unfair because as a, as a Cowboy yourself, I was like, how yeah. does Troy Aikman call a Dak Prescott game? Like, you know he's got to well, be thinking, like, I could do that. Like, well, well, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think Troy – I mean, a lot of people kind of uh, knock Troy. I think he does a great no, job. No, Troy, was, Troy yeah. was great, but, like, yeah. watching Dak play, and now he's oh. got to talk – he's got to kind of sing praises now of Dak because they're selling TV. That's what well, announcers well, do. Well, I mean, I think Dak is playing well. I think they, they're allowing him to be – he's still – I don't think he's going to ever be – a Tom Brady. No, yeah. A Drew Brees. What do you? Who would you, as favorable as you want to be, who would you kind of give him a comparison to? I think at, at best he can be a Donovan McNabb. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I, I think mean, he'd kill for that career. I mean, just just the fact that he's not going to be the traditional stick in the pocket. No, you he know, won't you got to let him move. You got to let him run. And he's built well yeah. to be a mobile guy. Right. His best throws. I mean. His best throws yesterday was back leg, back. I mean, running sideways, right. going sideways. And his best plays were on his feet too. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's that. what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get Drew Brees in the back pocket. Uh, so, do you think that they should maybe do more right? of the RPO stuff, well, things to. like that? That's what they're doing. They're know? doing a lot of it right now, yeah, and I think yeah. that that's the change that they needed to make. Right. Um, because I think even in college he was he was definitely more yeah. of a dual threat than he was just in, a, a traditional. In Mississippi State, when they won the game, they won gritty games, and he was all they over did. the field. And I loved yeah. I loved seeing him at Mississippi yeah. State because mm-hmm. there was that hero ball almost right. like he yeah, was so they, they were the underdog. I mean, they Mississippi were State pretty much. They played Alabama underdog. They were. Know? They were. Auburn underdog. Yes. Yeah, so. But he did. He had a he had a really great college career. So when they got him, I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I was curious. Remember Tim Tebow built very right. similar, but they immediately scouts were like, "Well, he'd be a better tight end than quarterback right. kind of situation." Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not fair to compare the throwing motions, but right. it is sort of and the I same. I think that was a big. Yeah, I think it was a big, big deal, yeah. right? What do you think of that? The fact that he Tim Tebow then comfortably now is like, "Oh, I'll just play baseball then." Do you think he should have just said, "I'll be a tight end" and just? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know Tim Tebow, but I'm, I'm, he's a winner. I do know that much. Yeah. You know. Uh, he's a guy that that uh, has a great personality. You know, because SEC Network loves him. Um, from my understanding, the organization, uh, baseball organization he's with, loves him. Uh, and every time he's on, he's a positive guy. I mean, he really there's is. There's nothing negative you, you can ever say s- about I him. I see him on first take, and he's giving yeah. Stephen A. Smith compliments. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, uh, I mean, so, you know, you, it's nothing real negative you can say about Tim Tebow as a quarterback, though. I don't think, right. uh, you know, with the throwing motion, just, just uh, accuracy. He was never going to be the quarterback. That no, I, and I agree with yeah. that. I just thought it was kind of interesting that he said instead of moving to tight end and staying in football, that he was right. like, I'll just do a whole other sport. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and in his mind, he was a quarterback in mind. I, and at tight end, he may have, you know, 
went through a couple more training camps, been on the practice squad, you know. You Nothing know. he would have I mean, enjoyed, do, though. I mean, he could do more on the SEC Network than he's That's been true. doing out there on That's the true. practice squad. And yeah. it is intriguing that basically ESPN's basically given the open offer where, like, right. whatever you're I mean, done, come I mean, back. He could have a 30-year career with oh. ESPN. Oh, he had never sure. played 30 years playing tight <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I want to get you let you get to your money and all that. Okay. You have a good day, man. Thank you for coming on okay. here on Ball Control with us. Okay. Uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Like, it's cool. So how did your career when you when you were done? How do you how do you want people to, to mention you and talk about you? I don't know, man. I, uh, I you know I played the game hard. I mean, I, I uh, good thing about it was I played high school ball here in Texas, um, played college ball here in Texas, uh, pro ball. So I was always a Texan, you know, and it's to my heart. And uh, you, you, you know, call him Bob McNair then? Uh, Bob McNair? Is he looking for a job? No, no, no. DB no, coach? Not like my <laughs> Texas are okay. They should be okay. They're right? having a good year this year. Yeah, they they, they turned it that. around. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, I'm a, I'm a Texan at heart. You know, I'm an Aggie at heart. And I'm a Cowboy at heart. And, uh, you know, I love my hometown. So uh, I just, I'm just a Texan. That's what you're going to remember me as. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Three Super Bowl time champion, yeah. Two Kevin state Smith. Championships. Yeah, Listen man. to you. Sing it all. What else you got? You got an MVP somewhere? No MVP. Okay. High school, right. high school, Texas Hall, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Where's that at? Is that that's is, in Waco? Is it? Yeah. Okay, all right. So, see, there's something else that. to see in Waco. Yeah, then. I need to get in the College Hall of Fame, then I'd be pretty, pretty happy. Who do you want me to call? I'll, I'll make some phone you calls. Make some for calls man. I'll make some calls. Yeah, I don't man. Know, we'll I rattle don't know some exactly cages. Where it is, but I mean, I we gotta. It's somewhere on the East Coast. But, so is it? We gotta figure. All right, we'll figure. I think it's Pennsylvania somewhere. You stay with Rich, and I'll get back in touch. I'll let you know who I've tracked down. Yeah, yeah. Nominate me in there. We'll write you in, man. Okay. All right, Kevin. Thank you very much, man. You have a good one. Okay. All right, so that was the interview there. What would you think of that, Nico? It was pretty good. It was exciting. Just good to see. Yeah, we had a good time out there. Texan at heart. Texan at heart, that's true. Uh, we had a really good time with Kevin Smith, and obviously shout-out to RNA Sports. We're going to jump out to a break, and when we come back, we got another interview with Haywood Jeffries, and then we got more ball control coming at you. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. going to tell you guys about my friends, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now, they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they're, they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys, and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash, uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar, The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks and be safe, guys. Hey, Conros, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so take out uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, 
Thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio.